What's up, guys? Welcome to the 11th episode of The Drum Break, where we talk about everything in, on, and about the percussion world. I'm Mike. I'm Spencer. So yeah, what do we got going on today? Uh, today we have a special guest with us, um, Chicago's resident pipe band expert, Andrew Hoynicke. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, no problem. We're going to uh, spend today talking about um, some of your personal drumming experiences as well as sort of dive deeper into the world of uh, pipe band drumming, which we haven't really gotten into yeah. a lot uh, yet on this show, but um, it's something that Mike and I got into recently yep. um, and have been a little obsessed with it. Um <laughs> Yeah, just uh, some cool stuff. But before we get into that, Mike will, as always, plug all of our socials and where you can find us. Yeah, so we're pretty much anywhere you anywhere you think you can find a podcast, we're there. Um, we have two main social medias, Instagram and Facebook. Um, the Instagram, we do just check more. Um, so if you want to get a hold of us, you know, do that there, DM us. Uh, the Instagram page is also another great place to get a hold of us. We do have an email, the, the drum break podcast at gmail.com. And that's, and like to find us anywhere, it's the drum break podcast. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Apple podcasts, Podbean, YouTube, anything else I'm forgetting. I don't think so. I think that's about it. So yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Well, let's just jump right into it, uh, I guess, and start with, uh, you, Andrew, um, we're just going to start basic, like, what is your elevator pitch, I guess you could call? Who Who are you? What do you do? What's your thing? You know? Sure. Uh, so uh, I am a pipe band drummer. I have been a pipe band drummer my entire life, basically. I started when I was like six, you know, kind of right around when you're coherent enough to know what you're doing with a pair of sticks. Yeah. Um, my, so essentially the way that I look at it is I am a drummer who specializes in drumming with bagpipes. Okay. And, you know, I've taken that to the point of it being my career at this point, um, which kind of also meshes in how I met you guys. So yeah. yeah. Cool beans. Stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, like like we said, today's just, you know, we're going to just hang out and ask you a bunch of questions and, you know, just get to know you, you know, um, get to know what, you know, what that world is of pipe band drumming, you know, because we, we do a lot of marching band and, you know, so we, we have an idea, but, you know, we don't have an idea, you know, and we we're wanted... not as immersed in it <laughs> yeah. um, as you might be yeah. still rookies you know <laughs> so, when it comes to pipe band but yeah, yeah. but we, you know we just want to give you know basic information and stuff like that you know because we uh we like to inform you know inform people on different you know different topics and you know this is one of the topics that we thought yeah. you would be best at yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so before we get into even pipe drumming in general how how did you start drumming you know was there somebody who was like, hey, do this? Like, was it a parent or, you know, a friend maybe? Um, and then what were, like, the first things you started playing? Was it only pipe band or did you also do other stuff? Sure. So um, it was probably kind of a two-pronged entry. Um, my the, the drumming side of it, my, my uncle, my dad's brother, is a professional drummer, always has been. Um, since he was any you know, younger than any of us are now. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, he's gone on to be like 
you know, he worked for a guitar center, um, corporate for a while as a vintage drum specialist. And, um, he's got a, he's had a couple of cool bands in like Reno and currently lives in Bakersfield, California, plays out there full time. Um, so he actually, prior to the whole pipe band thing, he may have been the first person to actually put uh, timber in my hands and kind of let me do that. And I, yeah. would, mm-hmm. I remember going over to my grandparents' house and he was still living there at the time. Um, and, and playing on his like gigantic red double bass sonar kit and just, <laughs> okay. and just you know, like I couldn't reach the pedals just wailing away, <laughs> yeah. you know, like as, as a four or five year old might. Um, so maybe that was predestination. I don't know. <laughs> um, my dad, uh, has always loved bagpipes. Um, as just as a unique instrument, uh, sound and and that kind of thing. And so we used to go to the Chicago Highland games, uh, when I was a kid. And at that time they were being hosted in Grant park downtown, like by the Petrillo yeah, uh, yeah. and all that. Oh, nice. And, uh, that was, uh, Jane Byrne was the mayor. Uh, Celtic culture was incredibly popular. Um, and that sort of thing. The games moved around or whatever from there. They're currently being held out in Itasca at Hamilton Lakes, um, but they've been consistent ever since. But, like, we used to go and watch the festival, you know, to watch the bagpipers. And I sort of have a memory of of hanging around in god-awful heat um, <laughs> and just sitting there around the circle, which, of course, now to me is super familiar, but mm-hmm. um, watching these bands. And I had no idea at the time, I do now as a bit of a historian, that I was watching some of the best bands in North America that just happened to be competing in Chicago that weekend. Nice. Um, my sister, who is four years older than me, um, decided like, Oh, I, I want to play bagpipes. I, I really, to date, I have no idea what motivated that. <laughs> it might've been a daddy's girl thing. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, we were all involved in as kids in like vocal music. Um, we did some like classic dance, belly tap jazz. I did that for nine years as okay. well. Um, and so she wanted to play pipes and I was like, well, I'm going to be a drummer. Like it was like a <laughs> foregone conclusion at that yeah. point that uh-huh. I will learn drums. Uh, so we went around that day. That would have been like 84, I guess. Okay. It was a while ago. Um, and uh, tried to find a group that had like Chicago in their name or on yeah. their banner or something indicating <laughs> they're from here. Yeah. Um, and then ask around about how to get education for kids specifically. And what I thought was, you know, now in hindsight, as somebody who does this, um, I, I it's so cool to me that the group's weren't like, gimme, 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 we'll teach you. They actually directed my folks to a specific organization that at that time was like the benchmark in teaching children piping and drumming, um, which was the Midlothian Junior Pipe Band. Um, That band, as it was, ceased to exist uh, following the 1990 season. Um, But the organization still exists today, Midlothian Scottish Pipe Band. I think they're based out of technically Lombard these days. Um, But uh, yeah, I was there for a very, very long time. But uh, so that would have been June and I got my first lesson in September. Wow. So it was like. Yeah. Yeah. It was just one of those like, you know, you connect, you get the information, like when's it good for, you know, and we went on like a family vacation. Yeah. The usual stuff, like trying to find a good time for kids to start something is typically the fall. Yeah. You know, so um, my sister went in and started learning uh, the practice chanter, the the bagpipe practice tool. Mm -hmm. And I 
I went in and got my first drum lesson. Uh, I was actually a tenor drummer at first. Okay. Um, which we can get into how all that, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, so I got my first drum lesson and, um, there has not been a day since that day that I have not identified as a drummer. Nice. Yeah. That's, right. that's pretty cool. So, so from what it sounds like, it was like pipe band. Yeah. Like, there was not a lot of other, other drumming. Yeah. It was just a lot of pipe band. Yeah. So by the time I was exposed to um, the potential of other drumming, conventional drumming for what, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, would have been school music. So that would have been, you know, uh, what I suppose that's like fifth grade. Yeah. You know, yeah, something, a little like, bit, yeah, little something like almost, that. Yeah. Um, so figure I actually started in first grade something like that so, yeah so by the time school music was even an option you know other than like music class replay mm-hmm. the recorder yeah um, you're already ahead of the game yeah i I, band, so. I i had already won my first u.s championship as a novice amateur wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah Jeez. well um so yeah, so so going off of that, did you find like so were you in regular band like high school marching band and stuff like that through yeah know, through your time in school? Yeah, I did school music. So um, my school, I, I was in private schools, small town out in the suburbs, uh, and we didn't have uh, the there were like two or three private schools in town that didn't have their own music program. But at that time. Um, I don't know, this kind of thing wouldn't probably happen today, but we were actually involved in the public school music program. So we were like bused to the public school for band um, uh, in um, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. So I was in, you know, concert and symphonic band and we had like a kind of a shoddy marching band sort of kind of thing. But it wasn't because it wasn't really tied to like, I mean, you guys know, like a lot of marching band, sort of the history of it, it tends to have a tie in with sports. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, in in a way, right? And because the school didn't really have that, there was no need yeah. for that. And we no football games to play at. Yeah, no, like basketball rallies. games. Yeah. Right, right. So I was I was on my junior high basketball team. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. That, that was the end of my sports career. <laughs> um, well, apart from golf, I guess. But that's yeah, hey, man. Drumming's you know? a, drumming's a sport. It is right. The sport of the art. I know a few things, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I did school music. I did, you know, I learned bells and was, yeah. was terrible at that. I'm, conti- I'm still terrible at mallets, anything to do with mallets. Mo- most drummers yeah. still are, yeah, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, I love the concert stuff. I really fell in love with timpani. Um, mm. yeah, that's, he really Tiffany's enjoys great. that. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I got a couple of drum set parts here and there, but, uh, typically, Given my background, if it was a tricky snare part, I'd end up on snare one or whatever. Yeah. Um, I love playing the toys just like anybody. And then I did the same through high school. We didn't have a great, like, expansive band program. But um, actually, my high school band director was a, like, nationally renowned trumpet player who was, like, friends with Doc Severinsen from the Tonight Show Band. Interesting. Um, And so we had a really cool... Uh, like jazz program, (laughs) Uh, which I played in starting around sophomore year. I made it into jazz ensemble. Um, But yeah, so, you know, we did March, we did some marching for the football stuff Mm -hmm. and we did some pet band. It was, you know, typical mixed school band program. But so did you find it like, 
from from playing for i mean what must have been five years before you even started like let's say six because i mean in a middle school band and elementary school band you're not really yeah. playing as much did you find that tra- transition hard from pipe band drumming to school drumming you know i if i were to think back on it i don't think i did okay um i think on the basis and this kind of plays forward even to today um i just sort of think about like I, I kind of said in my little elevator pitch, like I'm a mm-hmm. drummer who happens to specialize in wearing a kilt and playing with bagpipes. Nice. Yeah. But even back then, I recognize that this is just a different kind of uh, related skill. Yeah. Um, and it was also a really cool opportunity to open my mind uh, to more of a musical, comprehensive understanding. Yeah. Um, and yeah, of course, the material was way simpler than literally anything I played. Yeah. In pipe band. Yeah. But it didn't matter. Like it was, it was exciting for what it was. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. For sure. Um, so you're talking about junior high up until high school. Um, would you mind going a little bit into sort of maybe your your college drumming career and then sort of into maybe a transition to your beginnings of your professional drumming career, I guess you'd say. Sure. So um, I I have a sort of a unique position with regard to the college thing. Um, and I received a full scholarship to a small school in Western Illinois called Monmouth College, uh, which is where I met some of our mutual friends. Uh, and I played there for my time there. And, and basically the, the scholarship was because the school had Scottish ancestry mm. uh, and the pipe band at the school, the pipers and drummers, <clears throat> uh, which has evolved vastly since then, but was basically the school mascot. They were the Monmouth College Fighting Scots. Oh, really? Cool. And so we played at everything. Like, <laughs> if there was a school function, there was some kind of bagpiping, drumming representation. Awesome. You know, we marched homecoming parade. We we did the tunnel for every football game. Uh, there wasn't a marching band until probably, I don't know, I know they have one now. It's probably been more than 10 years, but we're talking about 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, we were the marching band. We played the halftime show That's on cool. the track in front of the stadium. That's, That's really a cool, cool. Like different, like in <clears throat> lieu of a marching band, just have like a pipe band. Yeah, That's right? awesome. Yeah. So there was a bunch of us that were there uh, on on scholarships for bagpiping and drumming. Um, we were basically bought and paid performers for aforementioned things, mm-hmm. uh, and then we had we were required to give lessons. Which is also I had kind of started teaching a little bit when I was in high school, like. I was given my first student or two, like, hey, here, show this guy what mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Um, because, I don't know, the potential was realized or somebody needed to teach somebody. Um, so I kind of got into that, and I got really into teaching while I was at college. That's actually a really cool that they required you to give lessons. Because I feel like a lot of people, it, it it's very beneficial, I feel like, to learn how to teach. Yeah. You know? And there aren't a lot of opportunities like that where you're just like, all right, you're you're going to this college, you're playing on this pipe, uh, in this pipe band, you got to give some lessons too. That's and it helps build the community more. And I think that's really awesome. That, yeah, that, yeah. That, that and like that because like most, at least from my experience, most of them are like, you know, okay, well, if you're a part of our band, you need to take lessons, right? But mm-hmm. like like you said, I feel that I don't know. I feel like you would learn more teaching than you would learning 
Does that make any sense? It does. I mean, if you think to, um, I, I think I read a, something about the medical profession once, see one, do one, teach one, you know, as a way of learning and reinforcing your learning by having to reiterate your learning to someone else so that they can learn. Yeah. You know, there's like a definite benefit there. Um, and, and the other cool thing about that organization at, at Monmouth College, certainly at that time, was that we were... It was basically, it was kind of, uh, it was a, a musical club in a way. Like we were tasked with running it. We had a, we had an advisor who handled mm-hmm. our finances for buying equipment and, and that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, but we, as the students, as the scholarship students, we administrated the organization. So I would also have to say that not only from the teaching perspective, but also from the leadership perspective and the organizational management perspective of having to be able to run a band mm-hmm. has absolutely parlayed into who I am today. I mean, you guys know me as yeah. a band leader teacher yeah. that, mm-hmm. that I'm still doing it 25 years later. So, you know, we've, we've mentioned like pipe band, you know, a lot. And obviously that's the, the topic of, you know, discussion today. So like, for for people who like don't really know what pipe band is, right? Like, you know, give us like a little definition or a big definition, whatever yeah. you see fit, <laughs> right? To 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 make pipe band what it is for somebody who has no idea, right? Because they might know like you know high school marching band, yeah. but it's completely different. Mm-hmm. So give us like a little synopsis of what it is. You know, what kind of music? What are like levels and stuff you can do? So you guys want to like take a break and I'll just talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just go, we'll just yeah, go over yeah. there and uh, chill out. Uh, no, but uh, okay. So pipe band is. Um, let's talk about the component pieces real quick, just so that people can, can kind of mm. get a visual of what that means. Because yeah. I mean, I think almost anybody in the modern, certainly in the United States, um, has seen a bagpiper or heard a bagpiper Definitely. somewhere. Definitely. Right? Uh, might have been a drunk old dude in a bar somewhere. I've actually <laughs> seen one on uh, the Loyola parking garage one morning. There was a bagpiper just practicing up there. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, and, and so basically a pipe band is uh, a, a number of bagpipers playing full bagpipes, Scottish bagpipes, uh, you know, even if a band has like an Irish affiliation here in Chicago, we have a couple of bands that deem themselves Irish. They're playing Scottish pipes. Bagpipes are Scottish inherently. There are other bagpipes. That's not what we are. Interesting. Um, there's Irish pipes. That's like the ones that lay across your lap. Mm. So if you hear like um, like Braveheart and Titanic, the the bagpipes that are in that yeah. are the Illin bagpipes, which are the Irish pipes. Okay. And that's actually my friend Eric Riggler who's playing on those. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. We used to play together when I was, when I lived in L.A. That's awesome. He's the he's the bagpiper. On, he also did the Reagan funeral um, oh. and a bunch of other stuff. Wow. But yeah, nice resume. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, like, you know, we'd, we'd turn up somewhere to do a gig, and he, like, rolls up in his crappy old Toyota with a surfboard on top. <laughs> but he's, like, one of the, like, literally one of the most heard bagpipers wow. ever. Right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> casual, but whatever. Mm. Uh, anyway, so the the Scottish bagpipes, three, three drones that continuously sound, the big bag for the air reservoir, the chanter where they play the melody, blow stick to keep it inflated. Um, so there's a bunch of them, you know, uh, smaller bands, whatever. Yeah. Know, what what would band. you say? Like, wh- what's the biggest you've ever seen? 
Uh, so I think the biggest on record in terms of competitive pipe bands. So that's another yeah. dichotomy yeah. Like of the community. But uh, I think the biggest that's ever gone on the field is something like 32 pipes. Wow. Uh, which would have been the 78th Fraser Highlanders based out of Toronto. Um, but, you know, a typical like a typical mom and pop band, like a community band. You know, it's a it's a cultural hobby and you have to attract people. So most bands are happy to have like six to ten. Mm, okay. You know, I mean, City of Chicago Pipe Band, where I am, where you guys are, are working in, um, you know, we have a completely different thing and we're very lucky to have who we have. But yeah, I mean, typical pipe band, you know, around uh, the corner pipe band might have six to ten pipers. Um, okay. And then within the percussion component. Um, which is, you know, where we all fit in. Yeah. Um, and may- maybe the listeners are most interested. We've got, uh, three drums, uh, and everybody plays one of that drum. So we've got the snare drum, which is just like a marching snare drum in yeah. almost every possible way with the mm. sole exception that our drum, our snare drum has a top snare and we can get more into that. Maybe if you want to chat yeah. equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But, um, so a snare drum, we have tenor drums, but unlike multi-tenors uh, in like marching band, it's one drummer, one drum, and they're mm. much bigger, you know? Um, so, you know, you're dealing with, you know, on the small side, like a 1412, uh, on the big side, like a potentially a 2214. Okay. Uh, you know, and then yeah. those are pitched within the chanter scale and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And again, I'm sure we can wander into those areas. Yeah. And then a bass drummer. We have one bass drum, which is kind of interesting, but that comes from, I think more from a military tradition. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. That single support. And mm. then what essentially our tenors function like a tonal bass line, you yeah. know, um, in that regard. So we have one, one bass drum, a typical bass drum sort of quote unquote standard might be 1428. Okay. Um, you know, uh, uh, the more competitive bands are probably playing 16s. Mm-hmm. Um, 28s kind of a standard diameter to to get the the fundamental that we're looking for. Um, and yes, we actually tune, which I think a lot of people Yeah, so you, so you tune all the drums to the key of the bagpipes. Yeah, the bass and the tenors are actually tuned exactly to what the pipes are set to that day. So they're calibrated to whatever pitch the pipes are kind of blending in at. Wow. Interesting. So it's it's more like a on the fly, uh, literally up to the last moment. Like I'm I'm final tuning as we head to the competition uh-huh. arena. Okay, so you know we we you know we deal with a lot of the high tension yeah, drums yeah. and all that stuff. You know, are are we still using those big T keys or you know I don't know what you would yeah not on call not them, on the but... bass and tenors but sure on the snares mm-hmm. yeah yeah those just those it. giant wrenches yeah okay. Kind of going along with with um, I guess the the fundamentals of of what pipe band is. Um, would you go into like a little bit of detail of uh, I guess your specific um, uh, the role that you have played in in the pat in your career? I guess some bands that you've led, some some cool things that you've gotten to be a part of because of this uh, uh, this musical activity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and honestly, like that's probably the thing that has like just been my constant recharge is that this has opened so many really cool doors, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, other than the fact that I really, really, really love to drum, I just love drumming, yeah. you know? Like, oh, you need somebody to drum? I'll be there. 
Like I, I listened to your guys' past shows. It was like, oh, you need somebody to drum? Yeah, we'll be there. We'll do that. Right. Yeah. You know, you can rely on us. You know, I'm that guy. You know, yeah. you need drumming? Oh, yeah, cool. Um, so, you know, I mean, obviously the college scholarship was a huge thing. Um, and and that was a big part of, of getting me kind of up and going and also the teaching experience and all that kind of thing. Um, and since then, yeah, I mean, I've played uh, – I've played on stage at Orchestra Hall in Chicago uh, nice. with the CSO uh, for a St. Patrick's Day thing when I was in my teens, I think. That's um, cool. And then, like, probably my more my most recent, uh, like, interesting, like, orchestral mix mm-hmm. was when City Chicago Pipe Band played with Andre Ryu um, oh. uh, when he was in town, like, two years ago, I think it was. I don't know. So that was, like, a that was a fun experience, like playing with a full European orchestra in front of a crowd of like, I don't know, it was like 30,000 people yeah, or something like that. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I've done some, uh, you know, I've world travel, you know, I've been all over the United States as a teacher, uh, as an adjudicator. I'm a, I'm a certified judge for piping and drumming competitions. Um, so I can judge anywhere in North America at any level um, with the current credential that I have. So that takes me to some, some cool places. I get to visit places. I'm, yeah. I might not choose to go, but I get invited to go. Mm-hmm. Um, same with the teaching. Uh, and then, yeah, just like, I mean, like stuff, stuff that seems cool to like almost anybody, like, you know, Oh, do, do you play in the, the, you know, the, the Chicago St. Patrick's day parade? Have you been in that? Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of times, you yeah. know? Uh, and that's like one of the cool things that just kind of goes with, what pipe band is and the fact that we as a cultural music form help people celebrate certain holidays Mm. or are kind of associated with certain holidays. So that's opened a lot of really cool doors too. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, um, going, going to the, to the whole role, you know, staying with that, um, what are like, all right. So you have, you're an educator, you're a performer and then, uh, an adjudicator. Mm-hmm. We didn't really actually know that. <laughs> so, so we would definitely want to talk on that, but we'll start with like, like playing when you play, like what is the role that you take when you play? So in the city of Chicago pipe band, which is my principal ensemble, yep. um, I'm referred to as the lead drummer or leading drummer uh, in the military term. They used to call it drum sergeant. We just, I, I think that's antiquated in the modern pipe band. So I've kind of like, I don't use that word, mm. although some people might describe me as that. Um, but yeah, leading drummer. So essentially on the field, I'm the most senior drummer. You might think of it as like a center snare in a marching mm-hmm. uh, sort of okay. way or a principal percussionist in an mm-hmm. orchestral sort of reference, uh, first chair, whatever. Um, and so my job in that capacity, um, in terms of organization, like I run all the drumming side of all of our rehearsals. I structure everything. Um, I either source or compose all of the music that we play. Uh, in the case of City of Chicago, I write everything. Mm-hmm. Every drumming note is written on on my my computer. So, um, and then actually in the performance, I sort of it, it's my example to which everyone else is intended to play. I think that's probably the easiest way we're all doing it together and unison is critical and, and, you know, you don't want to have, you know, you like the sound of your own drum more than the core, right? (laughs) (laughs) Can't be like that. I still have to play into the core, but the core is playing into me and each other. I just happen to be the leader on the field. 
Cool. Yeah. And, and that, you know, leader position, um, from what we've noticed is definitely different from the experiences we've had, you know, cause <clears throat> when it comes to, you know, playing in a marching band or playing, you know, just on your drum set in a band, mm-hmm. right. There's, there's certain elements to it that are like, okay, if you're playing drum set, like, you're the only drummer and you know, that's it. And everyone's listening to you and you know, so be it. But within that marching, it's more of, you know, everyone's playing the same thing all the time. At the same time, you're just listening to that one person for accuracy, tempo, you know, um, things like that. So how do we like, how does that differ? How does pipe band differ from, you know, that sort of aspect of it. Cause you know, we know that there's certain elements to it, um, that are completely different yeah. and super odd that took us a while to get used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so getting more into like the music, right. Aspect. What's like, what's, you know, how does, how does the music, uh, I don't, I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of. How does it play out? I how guess. Does it feel? How does <laughs> yeah. it, you yeah. Know? Uh, well, okay. So the speaking, like kind of tying up the whole like lead drummer thing. Um, the one probably most obvious thing that if somebody's watching a pipe band perform that they'll notice is that most of the snare line is not playing all the time. And I think that's a big differentiation. You just mm-hmm. mentioned like everyone's playing in unison in, in marching, um, for the most part. I mean, maybe yeah. you do like a, a down line or something like that, yeah. but you know, yeah. that's intentional, not the norm. Right. Uh, whereas with us, we have sort of like a call and answer system, but that has its roots in ancient drumming and military drumming of almost any variety. Um, you know, you can look at the British army, um, look at the, the old Scottish line infantry bands, but even look at, um, you know, some of the colonial bands here in the States, like, um, the, the, the fifes and drums of colonial Williamsburg, there's Mm -hmm. always a lead drummer who plays the call. And then everybody else plays in response. Our current version of that, where people uh, come in and out, um, is is kind of taken from that. Um, and then this super prominent drummer guy who's going to come up probably a couple times over the course of this conversation uh, named Alex Duthert, mm. who modernized pipe band drumming to what it is today, brought in this idea that instead of only responding on the repeats, of coming in and out to help accentuate um, parts of the lead voice and then coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people call that chips, or we call it chipping. Uh, Some people call it unisons, and you guys have seen the music. There's usually like a bracket over the top of where those happen, so some people call them brackets. Okay. Um, And the reason they're called chips, and I actually just, I I learned this not that long ago. So this guy again, who modernized uh, what we do, Alex Duthert. He was a big band drummer. And that was his, like, other thing. Yeah. He was Scottish, so he's a pipe band drummer. Uh But, like, his, he loved big band. Like, we're talking, like, Glenn Miller era. Yeah. You know, he was around 40s, 50s, 60s, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, So uh, when a a soloist in a jazz organization or a big band organization swing at that time would, would be playing... And the rhythm section would be kind of vamping underneath it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get a horn thing, right? That's like you get the you get the background during the solo, yeah, you know. 
And in the, the, the groups that he played in, the main name for that was Chips. Okay. Really? Yeah. So they would call that like, oh, yes, yeah, so, okay, so we're going to have the solo, and here's the Chips while so-and-so plays their solo. Wow. I never knew that was a jazz thing. I guess I'm a fake... I didn't fake jazz musician, dude. I didn't either. Like that was like, wow, that's yeah. And and maybe that was like a UK jazz thing or whatever. I don't know, you know. But that's why we call it chips today because he brought he brought that idea in and just borrowed that word uh, to to call it that. So here we are, you know, forty years later. I've I've never heard of that aspect of it, you know, because usually it's it's backgrounds. That's the only that's the only thing I think I've ever heard or hits maybe Uh even. Yeah, Yeah, hits is accurate. Hits, yeah, yeah, but I mean backgrounds is is the bigger, you know, that bigger part of it. Jazz sort of world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, sort of like going off of that, you mentioned the music. Um, maybe getting into a little bit more of the nitty gritty, uh, kind of stuff. There's Obviously, sheet music is sheet music. You're going to be able to, if you can read quarter notes and eighth notes and what have you, you can read pretty much any sheet music. But there's some substantial differences <laughs> that Mike and I encountered, you know, when yes. we first started out. Yeah. That are uh, a bit weird to get used to if you don't learn reading sheet music that way. Um, so, would you just like go into maybe a little bit of detail of some of the, I guess, idiosyncrasies of, uh, that pertain to, to pipe pan drumming sheet music and how they might differ from sure. you know, quote conventional <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. sheet music. Uh, uh, everything else. <laughs> um, so our, our bass and our tenor um, use typically use a five line staff on a bass clef. You know, it would look like a tonal bass part. Because you know? those are pitched, you know. Correct. Those, yeah. yeah, so it makes sense. And you can actually see, like, if two drums happen to need to play at the same time or run across each other or join it at a note or whatever, you see that, right? Because you're sharing the note heads mm-hmm. on a stem. Um, the snare is obviously where it's different. So um, everything about the note values and the basic symbols of what you're looking at are the same as everything else. Mm. So, and I think you guys have seen that in some of your adaptation into our style. It's like, if you know quarter notes and eighth notes and yeah. how to play a, you know, a dot cut 16, 30 second, whatever, you know, it's the same. It's, it, it's all the same. The difference is how we annotate our sticking. Uh, and that actually comes from another uh, Alex Duthert influence bringing to us in the pipe band world, Swiss notation Mm. from specifically Basel, Switzerland, um, and specifically the Fritz Berger style of notation. Uh, It is a monolinear notation. um, And above the line is where all note heads go to be played on the right hand. And below the line is all note heads to be played on the left hand. Yeah. Um, And so if you can, the, the interesting thing is this, if you can picture for, for those who are getting visual jokes on the radio, um, if you can picture holding sticks in traditional grip, your right hand is above the sticks and your left hand is under mm. the sticks. Okay. And so there's that, a yeah. direct correlation. Now, I, I've heard mixed thoughts on whether or not Dr. Berger brought it to us that way. Yeah. Um, but that is absolutely how I teach everyone I teach. Okay. Because, you know, like when, especially I teach a lot of younger people, um, it's just so much easier to be like, look, if you go home and forget what's supposed to be a right or a left, just remember where your hands are. 
that's that's a great way of thinking of it you know that's that's something i definitely didn't i didn't even think about when we started approaching that so that's that's pretty good but otherwise i mean like flams are the same um we have some interesting rudimentation only because um our style um our genre of drumming Mm -hmm. uh requires some different textures uh that our drum offers that other drums don't offer you know we're capitalizing on the the uniqueness of the drum at that point yeah um we play closed rudiments so we play buzz rolls as opposed to diddle rolls um we play um we play a drag like a flam with a compressed grace note instead of a diddle, you know, it's instead so it's like jet instead of you know? Yeah. Um and that's kinda all part and parcel, those work together. So basically as drummers, like for me to converse with you guys who have a rudimental background, I can say, you know, anything that would normally be open is closed. Yeah. And we can just directly translate from there and it makes mm-hmm. it a lot easier. Uh, yeah, it definitely does. And like, you know, when we started, you know, do, you know, learning that that was something that was, it was hard to get over. And, you know, it's like, cause it's a mental game. Like, are they as closed as they should be? Yeah. Are they, as, you know, are they too open? Or are they not open enough? You know, am I, am I making it too closed? Like, right. So that's that, that weird balance. That you gotta just like get a feel for. Well, and, and to that end, I mean, the way when people, and this maybe goes to a previous question about like, what is pipe band or what is pipe band music? We are very much, uh, the jazz marching band, essentially. Like we are swing and shuffle. <laughs> Everything we do is about feel. And I think, you know, you think about that as like, oh, well, how are you going to how are you going to um, uh, scale that feel? Well, in lots of repetition. You know, how does it how does a, a, a jazz ensemble do it? Well, they practice a lot, yeah. you know, and like and you learn what things are supposed to feel. We have unique um, stylings within our genre of music. We call them idioms. You know, so we have things that are called marches and jigs and hornpipes. And each of those is essentially a feeling of music that has a name. Mm. And when you learn what that particular idiom feels like, every time you pick that idiom up, you're just learning the new sticking for that particular piece of music or whatever, instead of having to relearn what a jig feels like. like playing or, you know. swing or samba or, you know, right. funk. It's just this different sort of way of feeling it. Yeah. So once you have that feel, it, it I mean, a strispe, which is one of our most unique things, it is distinctly uh, Scottish or I, I guess Celtic in ancestry, because um, fiddles play it as well as pipes and that kind of thing. Um that is uniquely ours. And so like, once you get that, that's the one thing that doesn't really feel like anything else. <laughs> yeah. You know, like uh, the French have the gavotte and it's kind of the same. Like, it's just these, this one thing that's theirs, you know? So mm-hmm. um, that's the toughest one. Cause it's like every it's written in common time for four, but literally every beat could be a different distribution of, or different compression of, you know, one, three, five or six, you know, yeah. and, it, and it, it compresses and decompresses constantly, which is interesting because like when I look at something from the world of DCI WGI, right. There's all kinds of weird compression and tuplets and all, you know, oh, yeah, right. So it like some people would look at that and, you know, maybe who have a more um, regimented uh, ancient drumming background and look at some of the DCI stuff of today and be like, Whoa, like, 
it's seven and then five and then four and then mm-hmm. there's some triplets and then a quarter note. Okay. Yeah. What am I going to do with that? But I look at it and go, all right, that's weird. All right, I guess just repetition. Yeah. You know, and then try and get the feel and, yep. go, and go from there. And, uh, you know, we want to emphasize on that feel because we were just talking about this when we were, you know, um, we had gotten together just to, you know, f- do a little bit of Flea the Gun, which is what we're learning. Um, there's a specific part in there that, like, it's hard to play if you don't. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because we come from marching band. So I say if you don't pipe band drum it, like, yeah. it's hard to play. Because, like, you know. I it, If you try to go drum core on it, it's just not going to feel right. It's going to feel awkward. You yeah. Know? So you really have to, like, get that little, like, I, I don't know. I want to say, like, bounce almost. It's There's there's definitely an attitude, you know, when we play to certain things. And that's with drum core as well. You know, drum core, it's very, like, sticks in, sticks out. Stop, go, don't move, only your wrists. With, you know, pipe band drumming, it's completely different. It's tap your foot if you want, nod your head if you want. You I, li- I like what you said before. It's the jazz marching band. That's, yeah. Yeah. It definitely, that definitely hit Good it. metaphor for that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a sound that I use to describe a lot of what we do. It's, uh, uh. Uh. <laughs> yeah. You got to uh-huh. kind of like feel that. Uh. It's like here and then it's like. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and and that's you know sure we do some duts, but you yeah. know I mean, like generally there's a lot more uh mm. a lot a lot more uh so uh we'll take a take a, a break here to thank our our sponsor oh, yeah. the H thank you H for uh, sponsoring Always the, the H. Uh, we the haven't podcast. thanked him in a while yeah we haven't thanked him in a while but just letting them know we're still still care about them mm-hmm. <sighs> some good H oh yeah. But um, so diving uh, deep into more of, you know, what, you know, implements that we use um, for uh, drumming in this realm, because they're completely different from marching band, as is, as is the theme, <laughs> as is the theme, you know, um, and I, I don't want to keep comparing it to marching band because it's a totally different thing, but it's just, I'm just trying to relate it to, you know, things that other people might know they're a co- little bit better. They're cousins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're cousins and one's definitely cooler. And I, I don't know. I kind of, I'm kind of hyping <laughs> up pipe band. That's, it's, it's definitely got like a, yeah. it's got my vibe. Pipe got, band's definitely my the, vibe. Uh. Yeah. It's got that. Uh. <laughs> no, you know what it is? Like it's that relative that like has a unique lifestyle that everybody wishes they had. Yeah. That's all it is. It's, it's like, just different. Yeah. They took a gap year and went to went to Europe. It's and, like the cool right. aunt. Yeah, like, <laughs> pipe band drumming's like yeah. the cool aunt that yeah, like now, doesn't have any kids. Yeah, now they wear scarves and they have like a little accent. Yeah. But um, so so uh, a pipe band drumming stick, right? What is like the difference between that and a traditional drum set stick? Yeah, uh, massive, massive, massive difference, and it kind of always has been. Um, the sticks that we play today are definitely uh, a continuously evolving thing. Like just like in in all forms of drumming, like all forms of drumming, there's signatory artists, right, who all have their own tastes. Yeah, we have that. You mm-hmm. know, so the big names of the day have their sticks, and some of the big names of prior days have their stick. Um, and eventually, you just find one that you like, and you play that, and or you play it because you're told to. In your mm-hmm. case, um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and then and. and I am uh, I'm completely unsympathetic about what stick I play. If the stick uh, makes me feel better, sound better, play more articulately, 
um, it produces the sound I want on the drum or whatever. Um, and if like if the manufacturer uh, is declining in consistency or or what. I just, I change on a dime. Like mm. I'm not married to anything. The sticks that I'm playing right now, I really, really like. Um, but I've said that about other sticks before. So, you know, yeah. but like from a, from a, um, a specifications, uh, kind of thing, um, our sticks are heavily back weighted. They have a, um, they have a, a, a nose to tail taper. Um, it's subtle, but it's definite. Like when you look at it, whereas yeah. you look at most marching sticks, um, you know, whether you're talking about, um, Renex or Scojo's or Macintosh's or whatever, they yeah. are mm-hmm. straight back with a bold yep. shoulder. Right. Um, we don't have that. And ours are significantly lighter. Um, they're made of, um, much lighter woods. Uh, some of them are still made of maple and hickory, but most of them are made out of something in the birch family, uh, called Hornbeam, which is plentiful in the UK. And so they're very, 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 very light, which means you can play a lot of like our fast notes. And we don't go for that same like stadium volume that yeah. the drum corps would, right? And we're also not trying to do that light feathering thing like a jazz drum set or the power that you might need on a on a metal drum set or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, so ours are very functional to what we do. They have a large bead, um, which produces a nicer roll sound it gives you a good amount of attack on the drum gives you that's really it's the larger bead where we get our projection Mm. Um, and it gives you something to kind of swing around like you think about it like a flail like Mm. there's it's weighted on the front because of that um there's been some pretty cool innovations uh over the years of like moving the center of mass of the stick um it used to just be like one of the most popular on the market right now um, I'm not going to get into names. Anybody can go on Google and f- figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, there's like a big popular one that literally just goes straight back. So it's mostly back weighted. Interesting. Um, but a lot of the other ones, including the ones that we play, um, it's been moved forward just a little bit and that sort of just changes how it moves in your hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it kind of gives you a little bit of mechanical advantage on that stick, but, um, they're probably closer to rope tension, style sticks yeah than anything else you know um and that's the snare i mean obviously our tenor and our bass are also completely different in terms of implements yeah yeah yeah. so um like you said um that that you know being being uh stadium projection right i i feel that that the the pipe band snare is almost significantly louder than the marching snare you know, we you may not be playing as hard, but you don't really need to because it's so it's, resonant. You don't have to try as hard to get that volume. Yeah. Um, maybe that's because of the way the drums are built, and maybe you could shine some light on that. But it, it definitely seems that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the drums have a top snare. That's that's a huge difference. So that means that there is a, a snare strainer, different brands, 20, 24 strand, mm. you know, depending on the brand. But um, there is a top snare um, being mechanically applied to the bottom side of your batter head, um, which is interesting because it provides a false positive if you're not playing with really good technique, because you as the listener in relation to the standing over the drum, it sounds pretty good because you're getting chit, chit, chit right off the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a Zymox with the BBs in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like you're getting that response directly like, oh, this sounds great. And then you go play on a drum. It's like, maybe not, oh. you know? Yeah. Um, but 
Uh, and then the other thing is also that our snares are metal. Mm. So we're playing wire snares, okay. top, chrome chrome wired snares, top and bottom. Um, we have the um, we have the hyper extended bottom snare, just like cable or gut or whatever. Um, so it goes past, so you don't actually have the um, the bracket sitting on the head like a yeah. like a concert or kit yeah. drum, you know. Um, so kind of the same thing there, um, and a lot of the same principles as far as tuning the snares, like trying to get them to sound responsive enough. You know, and yeah. to help you with your pitch potential, right? You mm. might, you know, we don't tune our individual snare cables, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, but um, getting that right sound, getting it flush with the head, getting the right gap between the wire and the head and all that. It's the same top and bottom, very, very fussy, but once you get it right, it's pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> and it's that combination of the two um, that gives you that like, wow projection because like every single note you play has snare in it yeah you know whereas like if you want to um as a result too and this is another thing to talk about in in terms of uh technical references when we play dynamics we don't zone right so we never ever 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 how many ever's ever (laughs) ever 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 play off the, the the very center of the top head ever you have like a two inch square and that's where you play like ever ever because going off of that, <laughs> you get so you go from chit 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 to yeah, like a weird choky. Like you might get some bottom resonance maybe, but like we don't. In the current marketplace of adjudication and kind of global expectations, that is an undesirable sound. Okay, it's not to say you might not do it in a feature piece. Yeah, but it's not something that would be quote unquote acceptable on the field. Yeah. Okay. You know, very different from like marching snare, concert snare. You're almost constantly relying on that sort of difference between the different zones, like up by the rim and in the center. Yeah. Um, it's almost more sort of like a like multi tenors. Like you have, you know, you don't really use like the it's you have your playing zones and that's where you play. Yeah. You know, or else you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. But yeah, it's just very interesting that. that yeah. And it's like sort of a, a side effect of the way that they're built, and um, you know, yeah, some cool stuff. So, in in relations to going back to like what implements um, that we're you know we're using, um, so for those those tenor drums and and bass drums, you know, they from regular eye they pretty much look the same, right? They got a puffy white thing on there, and what is what is that? Yeah, I mean, uh, so <clears throat> our Let's do the bass drum first because that's the easiest. Yeah. Um, it's essentially a short-handled uh, fat concert bass mallet. Cool. Mm. That's kind of like the easiest way to think about it. Yeah. It's a big, floofy marshmallow. Um, there there are different core materials. There are different layerings, you know, memory foam and all this stuff. And yeah. like whether there's a weight in the middle or not, if it's cork or, if, you know, all sorts of – to change that sort of impact sound. But basically, we're trying to go for a very broad spectrum, low, supportive undertone yeah. from that drum, and so a big, fat, floofy mallet is is the best one for that. Yeah. Um, the tenor mallets uh, for us are very different, uh, for the sole reason that they are ninjas, and they <laughs> yeah they spin those mallets. That might around, be right? like yeah. one of the coolest parts of <laughs> I think of. At least watching pipe bands is, is what the tenors are doing. All the mallet. It's definitely the eye stuff. candy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Uh, so the mallets are designed to both get a, and they've been really, really like a, a friend of mine is like a global leader in um, what are now the modern mallets. Um, and then I have a few friends who, you know, well, you meet people along the way, right? Mm. Um, who are yeah. like the the um, trailblazers uh, in in product design to what it is today. Um, and so we've gone through all sorts of different plastics. Some people still use wood. The mallet I play is, is a wood shaft. It's a maple shaft. Um, but they're very, very, very thin. Um, kind of like um, it wouldn't be totally dissimilar to like um, rattan um, mallets for like uh, for mallets, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, for like mallet percussion. Uh, in terms of like the actual shaft uh, kind of uh, diameter mm-hmm. um, and 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 the need for strength because you're applying sheer weight down a small thing with a yeah. big old head on the end that yeah. you're gonna be doing some work with. But they play very tympanically. So they are actually trying to draw the sound from the drum rather than to punish it into the drum. Mm. Okay. And so they also have fairly floofy ends, uh, but maybe not as floofy. I like that word. I don't know. It's it's working today. (laughs) It's a fun word. Um, But they're not as, um, they're not quite as warm uh, in terms of the sound you're trying to get as the bass drum because we need to hear that articulation between the the voicings. Yeah. Right. Uh, And so... It's a it's a balance with the manufacturers and the designers of those sticks to try and produce an implement that gets the right amount of articulation, but has the right amount of warmth and and also can go into the visual artistry of spinning tenor mallets around. Mm. So you need basically a flying weapon that also sounds good when it hits stuff, <laughs> you know, um, and it's a, I mean, if anybody wants to you know, go on YouTube, look up pipe band, pipe band tenor drumming, yeah. you know, yeah. like you'll see it's, it's easy to find, but um, it's a really cool artistry form. Uh, that is, that is where I started. I learned that within my first few weeks as a drummer mm-hmm. um, and I still teach it today. Uh, and it's, it's a unique thing that we do. It actually comes from the British army where the, um, the a single Tom Tom player, uh, flubs uh needed something basically was a was a support bass drummer yeah Yeah. they were like the alternate bass drummer who wasn't playing bass that day okay and they would be given a drum to reinforce the bass part and along the way they just designed this artistry thing it was kind of almost out of boredom yeah right i was about to say like this is boring this guy is playing the bass i'll just do some some cool stuff (laughs) yeah for sure so that's a whole like that's its whole own thing um it's it's a very um, charged topic because the visual component is not adjudicated really during a contest. Wow. But it is kind of an expected thing. So if you have, we call it the midsection or some people call it the bass section. Mm. Um, if you have a midsection of bass and tenor drummers, two, three, seven, whatever, you know, there's eight notes in the scale. So, mm. you know, um, they should be, we call it flourishing. Um, they should be doing something along with their notes. Uh, and if they're not, um, it's perceived to be a disadvantage to a core that is. Okay. Um, although in the end, so although we watch the judges watch the competition, it is an auditory contest. So they're only watching to reinforce what they think they're seeing. What, like for me, when I'm judging, if I if I hear something and I'm like, that's kind of weird, I'll look in to see what I th- what I think might be causing that, so I can help mm-hmm. on the crit sheet. Like, 
you know, oh, it came from that side or it's because of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's be- it's triggered by an auditory event. That so- is, is very different from marching band and drum corps because we we have entire categories dedicated to the visual aspect, um, you know. Yeah. It's- yeah, it's definitely a charged topic. Uh, it, it's constantly revisited, like, why do we do it? Or why isn't it adjudicated? Mm. Um, and in fact, a very close friend of mine whose mallets I play and, and kind of endorse, um, he's, uh, he's the lead drummer of the winningest pipe band, uh, of the modern age. Um, and he started a thing on his social media about, um, this topic. And, Mm. and there's some, the irony is that just about everybody agrees that it should be, but the hard part is how to amend the system to integrate it without diluting the system for its current value, mm. you know, in terms of adjudication percentages and like yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Cool. Interesting. Well, you know, <clears throat> we, we've, t- we've talked about, you know, several different things about, you know, aspects of it, you know, what it's like to, you know, be in a, in a pipe band and, um, but what's that, uh, like that, that judging side of it, like, you know, just like a brief, like, you know, like what Maybe do you, a, a yeah. day in the life of a, of a pipe band judge, you, yeah. you roll up to the, the competition spot. What are you, what are you doing? What are you looking for? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So the limo gets you at seven. Okay. No, <laughs> no, 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 not even. Um, <clears throat> so the adjudication is interesting because in order to become certified, you have to go through um, an educative uh, um, process. You have to go to some training. Um, there are exams that you actually have to pass that have a lot of stuff in them that I would venture to say the vast majority of pipe band musicians would struggle with. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to hold people to the highest accountability, um, then we should we should be able to do that. Now, someone with a music school background, probably going to be a little easier. Mm-hmm. But as as we are a traditional a traditional tribal marching art, we don't necessarily have a comprehensive education program for people who come in. I'm trying to foster a change in that um, through everything that I do, but that's not the norm. Most people come in, they learn what they need to in order to play and they move on. But I actually know things like scales and and modes and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, harmonics. And I know how to define words like timbre and, you know, like that most people don't in in my community of music. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we go through the process of ensuring that we are able to adequately and academically discuss what is happening in front of us. And then we start talking about things like global standards, expectations, um, what is a grade, you know? Um, so like you guys, you know, marching has, uh, what is it? World and open. And then, you know, onward yeah, from scholastic, there. Scholastic. Right. Whatever, yeah. All that kind of cool. stuff. So for us, we're, uh, one through five, one being the best five being not the best, <laughs> um, the newest. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a YouTube channel and I, I, I wish I would remember this dude's name cause he deserves credit for it. He's a drum set instructor. Okay. This is easy to find Google around for it. Um, but he has a YouTube of on his studios thing. This is probably 10 years ago um, about how um, uh, expletive deleted it is that people are so expletive deleted to each other on social media. And yeah, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and he talks about how no one is better 
or worse. People are uh, further along on their timeline of development than other people. So it's not that I'm better or worse than you. It's that you're earlier and I'm later on the timeline of development, Mm -hmm. you know, and I try to keep that positive language all the time. Interesting. And so that's like with the, with the grading, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, what's the best? So grade one, oh, well, what's the worst? It's not about that. Yeah. You know, like anybody who shows up, does the work, practices and tries, deserves way more respect than that. Mm. You know, even like people, um, people say nasty things about uh, some of the randoms, you know, round the corner pipe bands or the ones affiliated with public safety organizations, police and fire and that. And they're like, oh, you know, they're not the best or whatever. Dude, like if they show up and want to be better, I'm down. Yeah. Like anybody who wants to be better already has my respect, you know, and and that definitely. So I that's kind of like a diversion from this. But so the grading thing. Yeah, we start with grade Mm -hmm. five is the entry level grade. And then you move up eventually. Um, there are governing associations, just like DCI is the league, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we have uh, regional leagues. We are we here in Chicago are part of the Midwest Pipe Band Association. So bands join that, and we work within the league. That membership entitles us to travel elsewhere and, and compete outside of our league mm-hmm. in other events uh, by virtue of the fact that we are a member of a partner league, yeah. kind of, that kind of thing. Um, and so judging wise, I show up in the morning and, uh, I do, um, solos. Uh, so individual competitions are usually held from some God awfully early hour, um, (laughs) where a lot of coffee is necessary, um, until, you know, late morning or whatever, depending on how many people are participating, there might be multiple stations, uh, depending on the the entry level. Mm. So let's say, let's say I'm the senior drumming judge for the day. So I'll have a, a range of solos and they'll, they'll give me everything from the beginners to the best mm. yeah. because everyone deserves access to that critique level, you know, um, even though I'm the guy from out of town. So they would want me in the higher divisions, you know, mm-hmm. um, we don't see it that way. So that's kind of cool. Um, lunch break. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and then bands start in the afternoon. Um, pipe bands, uh, up until pandemic times have competed in circles. Uh, we march into a designated space. We turn inward to ourselves uh, and turn our back on our audiences very rudely. Thankfully that's changing. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. It's in the process. Wow. Um, it, it, it's been in process, but uh, the current times have indicated that we need to Mm. reassess how we do what we do in order to continue doing it safely, which is kind of cool because it's actually going to move the timeline faster than some of the ultra purists would have allowed. Nice. You know? Okay. Very cool. Uh, We're going to what we call concert format where essentially you figure out how you want to present yourself forward to judges who are in front of you and that's it. But anyway, so as a judge, I, you know, I've got a clipboard and uh, my ears are open. Got to have a clipboard. Um, yeah, got to have a clipboard, you know, going to look important. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we're just, you know, it's funny. We're, we're currently, we have very much, uh, you know, sort of no-node the uh, audio recorded stuff that uh, like you guys would be accustomed yeah. to. Yeah. But in recent years, there's been a big request and move toward that. So um, there some of the associate. so there's a... Um, there is a North American Alliance of Pipe Band Associations, the governing hmm. bodies. Okay. So they are partnering with each other yeah. to try and get stuff done on a continental level. And they are partnering to talk with 
organizations like DCI um, to figure out how we could potentially change the method of judging mm-hmm. uh, in order to put technology into our judges' hands so that, you know, when I say those singles aren't clean, you hear where they weren't clean. Yeah. Because yeah. right yeah. now you're reading my score sheet that says part two singles not clean. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know? well, where in part really a, two. A reference. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So as, as a judge, I'm judging um, – um, unison, obviously, mm. go figure. We're drummers in a, in a drum corps. <laughs> unison is king. Got to play together. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then um, probably after that would be um, like musical intent. Like what's happening? What are you doing? How does what you're doing work with the music, the piping music that you're accompanying? Yeah. Um, and, and, and whether or not you seem to be achieving that aim. Um, ensemble, like how is it all fitting together? And there's actually a, uh, an, adju- an adjudicator judging specifically ensemble. So when I'm the drumming adjudicator, I can judge how drumming seems to be working with the pipes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really judging the goodness or badness of that idea, but just whether or not the drumming is supporting the pipes. Okay. Um, I'm also an ensemble adjudicator. So you have to be a judge for a couple of years and then take more tests mm. in order to judge the whole shebang. Yeah. So I'm judging the whole band when I wear the ensemble hat, so to speak. Um, and that's the how, how it's all fitting together. Yeah. Um, so that's that. And then, um, you know, tuning, tone, intonation, whether they took the time to get the bass and tenors locked in. Yeah. You know, if it actually blends with the pipes, is, is it pleasing um, and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, you know, fundamental technique and clarity. Basic, you know. I hate to say it, that calls most contests, you know. <laughs> yeah. Certainly in the lower divisions. It's yeah. it's always the little stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's just like, can are we playing together? Does it sound good? Yeah. Is it being achieved? And with some correct? things you have to get picky with that kind of stuff or else you'll have no like point to improve upon because you're just like, Oh, that was like fine, you know. What was fine. Yeah. You know, so Yeah. My goal on a score sheet is always uh to give them um, I kind of go in threes, you know, if it's more fine, if it's whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but that's kind of like my, my aim is to, over the course of the score sheet, give them at least three things that they definitely need to work on to improve as a rule, like yeah. fundamental things. Yeah. Um, not just calling out what's happening, but fundamental things that they need to do to improve. But I also try and give them three things where I highlight what I think they're already doing well. Mm. So don't mess with it. Yeah. You know, keep doing I, what you're doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I like your musical approach here. I just wish it was cleaner, that kind mm. of stuff. You know, um, I just feel like that's the kind of thing. That's a way better takeaway than notating that they made a mistake in the second part that they already know they made. Yeah. Yeah. That's silly. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not worthwhile. That's just, that's just calling the chits in front of me Yeah, instead of, Actually, I, like I like to focus on the educative side of adjudication. Yeah, like yeah. I'm a I'm a educator in the moment. How like can you're I... there to help them get better, and then decide who won today. Yeah. Like who who today had the most comprehensively good performance. Yeah, mm-hmm. checking the boxes. Yeah, who did all this stuff? Oh, good. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. So and you know that you're saying that you you know they're trying to work with with drum corps and stuff. And I think that that will become a lot easier, you know, once you get those recorders or, you know, those recordings mm. and stuff being like, okay. Cause I, I know when I teach, you know, my, my high school band, um, what I do is during their rep, you know, I say, okay, it's, 
ten forty-five at or you know seven forty-five p.m. This is our second. We do like mock, you know, yeah, like judges tapes. Yeah, so you know, it's our second rep of the day. Okay, so I, you know, I'll do one right in front of them, yeah. and then I'll do one all the way up in the box. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, this is the one right in front of you. Okay, this is from the box. Yeah. And then give them those comments. And we've so. always relied as as players and teachers on sort of that that feedback of the judges' tapes. I remember like countless times of us being <laughs> yeah. like disappointed in ourselves after after a show and just constantly listening to that judges' tape on loop, trying to improve, trying to do this this and that. But um, I think that that could go a long way in this sort of piping world too. Do you guys have like uh, a thing where? Uh, this is just an interesting curiosity whether like you sort of know who some of the judges are and you, oh yes and you get <laughs> you get to know like their preferences oh yes there's some some high profile sort of people and also with with some connections that have been formed yeah, yeah the, we the, there back in our our playing days there was a, always a consistent judge he was a trumpet player. We won't name names, but we know who he is. <laughs> and he just was relentless. And he went to at least two of our shows, and we only play three shows. Mm-hmm. So he was always there, One always them, judging. Yeah. Yeah. And you could tell he always had something to say. He never okay. – I don't think once I heard like, oh, that was pretty good. Or like, oh, you know, that was, you know, awesome. Or wow. Or I think it was always just like bad stuff. Yeah. And like and there, that's there'd be moments our our drum instructor like before the competition be like, All right, you know, John Doe is judging today. You better <laughs> yeah. be on your best behavior. You yeah. Know, something like that. Because I mean so. even even instructors are like, Do we need this guy here anymore? What is he doing? <laughs> like he's not helping. Like, they know why where they suck. Like so yeah, the interesting thing, like I've been, uh, I've been on the committees within the governing organizations that are in charge of uh, adjudicator credentialing, mm. uh, and I currently am here in the Midwest. So yeah. if someone wants to be a judge, I'm one of the people that they're they got to go through. They're gonna you. go, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> something like that. Um, and uh, but uh, but uh, when I lived uh, elsewhere uh, on the West Coast, mm. I was on that same committee there. And we had some situations where we had complaints from organizations, from individuals about certain judges and some of the, the, the sort of predictability of some of this stuff. And also just some maybe less than appropriate, um, like, you know, uh, like trying to litigate from the bench, mm. like yeah. trying to enforce things that aren't really and like a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's their preference. So they think it should be that way. And then people who are recruiting from the bench who are like, Oh, so who's, you know, cause when you've got a soloist in front of you, it's you and the soloist. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a crowd, but it's just, you know, and it's like, Oh, so, uh, so who's your teacher? Oh, Mm. interesting. And there was a situation where somebody was like, you know, if you ever want to, you know, notch it up a level, yeah, it's like, man, what the, what? Yeah. So we would get complaints and we actually, we, we ended up having to, um, uh, debench uh, a, a judge for a brief period just as wow. a there had to be something you yeah know? he there, don't do this yeah, kind of thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. there's got to be Not a level okay. of professional ethics that's you know? weird yeah that's weird yeah well um, yeah yeah so we've we've sort of covered a lot of the bases of um Ba-dum-dum. i guess uh, oh there you go. Look a lot at of the bases um but before we get into like a little bit more fun kinds of things, maybe just like a brief thing for 
um, you know, maybe some of our listeners or viewers or anyone who um, may not be a part of the pipe band world. And if, you know, it seems interesting to them or something like that, what would be like some first steps that you would recommend for someone trying to get into the activity? Sure. So um, first and foremost, um, find a teacher. Don't just go join a band, find a teacher. Um, you guys kind of got connected to a teacher yeah. Uh, yeah. in a way. That's kind of, that's why we know each other um, through another teacher yeah. who, who was a teacher. Who right? was our teacher. Right. Exactly. <laughs> who, it's like, who is one of my colleagues, yeah. you know, uh, essentially uh, in the city of Chicago organization. But um, there are a lot of pipe bands out there and um, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be too negative about it, but you know, as you guys know from being academic drummers, that learning things properly from the beginning instead of having to relearn them later, yes, is important, uber important. Yeah, and so unfortunately, there are a lot of these mom and pop bands, and I have I teach a lot of them, you know, and I know what position they're in where. If they got to wherever they got and whoever was there was leading and they were doing, you know, handing down the tradition and, and that kind of thing. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're an educator in the modern world of 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 everything. Dude, Skype, FaceTime, Google Meet, Classroom, yeah. like Zoom, this, especially now. Yeah. You know? yeah, we've talked about this before. I feel like, you know, as as bad as the the pandemic has been, it's made a lot more things more accessible. Yeah. You know, um, which is always a great thing if you're getting into drumming. Yeah. We want more drummers. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I would say that if uh, if somebody wants to, um, there's if, if cost is an issue. So let's look at that, right? If cost is an issue and paying for lessons is not something someone could do, then f- find your, your localist pipe band who will get, get you started probably for free mm. um, in order to get into it. Um, and, and maybe just decide if it's for you. If you uh, if you are sure that you want to do this, or if you're a drummer looking to convert, I think drummers looking to convert, and a lot of them end up uh, as members of my studio, um, who they go to a local band and they kind of feel underserved because there's no one there who can talk the language they have. Yeah. You know? Um, and so they end up with folks, not just me, but there's a bunch of us out there who are like me doing this very actively on the interwebs. Yeah. Um, get out there, find a teacher. Um, and actually I think, um, I, I think anybody that I've ever worked with would say, would hopefully provide a testimonial that they can become more valuable to whatever band they end up joining by learning it first instead of learning on the job and maybe not having the best experience in that process. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think that that critical experience is part of it where it's like, if you go in and you're like, again, like having to relearn, like, uh, you know, or you go in and you just, you know, you're like uh you're a rookie or a noob or a plebe or whatever, like that whole culture. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but if you come in and you've got hands, then you're probably going to earn some respect on day one, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, I, I, again, coming from a position of strength, I think that's, Mm. that's the best thing. So if someone wants to learn, go online, search, like if, if they're a drummer, right. We're talking to drummers, right? Mm. Yeah. Bagpipes are around, I guess, (laughs) but, and I have a lot of, like, you have to, I mean, my best friends are bagpipers. So yeah, there's that, but like, um, but yeah. So if you want to be a pipe band drummer, 
the easiest thing I can tell you to do is like, you're welcome, whoever you are listening right now. You're welcome to connect with me, and I'll yeah. find you a you, band. You listening? Yeah, you. hey you, <laughs> hey 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 Pete, <laughs> Pete, uh, whatever person's name Peter. I'm talking to you. Hey yeah. Pete, percussion. Uh, uh, yeah, hey uh, hey hey Jamie. Um, <laughs> but no, but seriously, like honestly, I I am one of the. Oh, this is this actually brings out a, a really cool like secondary little thing, but okay. like our community is so cool because you can directly personally humanly access the best exponents of what we do. Like you can be friends with 20 time world champion, Jim Kilpatrick. Like you can be friends with him on That's Facebook. <laughs> he'll wish you happy birthday. And he, he like knows who you are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've known Jim since like the early nineties, which is really super cool. And I, can call him like a friend. I, I have a cell phone number if I need it, you know, oh, that kind of wow. thing. Wow. Oh, yeah. you. Power flex, right? <laughs> but no, but like seriously, like the current, like the current, ooh, wow guy, Stephen McWhirter, like we've been pals for a long time. I, I recognize how amazing he is. I play his drumsticks, you know, like wow. that's not because he's my friend. They just, I just love those sticks. Um, but like you, there's the, there's an accessibility because we're still a cultural community, probably more than, a musical competitive mm. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you can like go online, go on Google, put in pipe band drumming, Chicago, you'll find me <laughs> put in pipe band drumming, um, you know, uh, Las Vegas. And you'll probably find my friend Bryce Parker. You know, you put in pipe band drumming, Houston, you'll find my friend Graham Brown, put it, you know, like, like yeah. just put it in. You'll find, you'll find someone who seems to be the authority go there. Yeah. And even if you don't end up hooking up with that person for lessons, for whatever reason, they will get you associated into a path that will probably be better than self-discovery. Yeah. Mm. You know? So I think that's probably that the best answer is find the most authoritative connection you can have. And if not come to me and I will connect you. So, yeah. So going like you just said, so let's just send them to you then, right? Sure. It's yeah. Probably most of our viewers are Chicago land area. I, maybe we're out farther. Who knows? Yeah. But so you know, on the same sort of train of thought, um, you're you're representing <laughs> yeah. with your hoodie right now. What's hey man? Um, what's that sweet hoodie you're wearing? <laughs> yeah, you got to be on brand, right? <laughs> you know, right. Uh, and under this is a city of Chicago T-shirt. Oh, there you but, go. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, so okay. So my studio is AR2 Drumming Studio. It's not a physical place. It's a thing. It's a belonging, right? It's a global. Uh, it's a global community of of positive focused pipe band education, uh, and that is who I am. That's what I do. Um, if you go on any form of social media or search and you start typing the letter A, the letter R, the number two, and the word drumming, you will find me. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and I'm very happy to, to um, engage with anybody. I have a, a Facebook community that I talk to all the time, and it's just people who I've collected along the way yeah. uh, who are interested or whatever. And I use them for crowdsourcing, but I also promote ideas. I'm sure this podcast episode will be linked there. Um, wow. uh, I have a, I actually mentioned, I have a, I do a, um, a daily challenge group for pipe band drummers uh, where they have to play every day and post videos. It's a five minute video every single day for five weeks. And we kind of rotate sessions. Um, I mentioned in the session today when I posted today's video of me playing that I mm. had to get on my way cause I was going to be on a podcast. So they're already interested. Okay. Um, so you'll get more viewers. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, 
but yeah, so I mean, yeah, AR2 Drumming, AR2 Drumming Studio. AR2 is my nickname, and it has mm-hmm. been since I was born. I am Andrew Roger the second. So cool. Yeah. We can link some stuff in the YouTube for people who don't want to type into Google. You know, <laughs> yeah. but, <laughs> but um, let me Google that for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's in a website. <laughs> but uh, so before we. Um, let you just do, you know, like a little bit more uh, of that plugging and, and just go, go, you know, full force into it. We have a couple just like interview questions. Yeah. Like just speed fun. round. Just like speed round. Absolutely. Lightning round. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, we have to have the just the, the stupid thing, right? <laughs> so what's the most useless talent you have? Oh, wow. Um, I do voices. Okay, like voices. voice impressions. Mm-hmm. Could nice. You, uh, be able to exhibit <clears throat> a voice. I go Kermit the Frog. Nice. <laughs> That's good. Nice. Um, I was, you know what? Like, okay, this is silly, and it's a very short sidebar. But like, as a kid growing up, SNL was everything. Okay, oh, yeah. that's like back when it was super good. <laughs> like now, it's <laughs> kind of bad. Yeah, <laughs> but is. like, I mean, I like when I was a teenager, it was Dana Carvey and Mike Myers and like all that kind of stuff. And lots of um, like, all of them were super awesome impressionists. Like that Mm. was one of the things. And I just, I don't know. Like I just started doing some of the voices they were doing. Sweet. Yeah. Got another one or I got another one here. Uh, Yeah, you can go. Uh, What was your favorite song to perform like ever? Oh my. Wow. Or Uh, peace song, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think I probably, I don't know if I have like a favorite ever. I think there's a certainly like a recency bias, um, toward whatever the coolest thing I've done recently was. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's some epic pipe band stuff and performing those things. It's like the, um, the way that I explain it to students and friends is like, there are certain tomes of music in the pipe band genre that are Shakespearean in nature. Okay. Where if you never undertake them, you're cutting yourself short of the experience, the total experience. Mm. Like if you guys coming into pipe band drumming new, like only ever play my music. That's silly. Yeah. Like it's just silly. Yeah. Like there's stuff out there. Play it. Learn mm-hmm. it. Okay. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have a favorite. Gosh, like one. Okay. Huge. Then how about like the the most one you can remember that like gave you chills because I know sometimes like especially for marching band like when we're hitting those big hits right and it's just like goom and I can just just chills down my body yeah like what's one that like gives as just like giving you those chills um so playing in the world championships finals in grade one in Scotland in mm. Glasgow. Um, that'll do it. Can't get better than that. I've I've done that a couple of times. Uh, I've, I've played in the qualifier bunch and played in the, in the finals a couple of times. And as an American playing with an American band, there's, I don't want, it's not like a national pride thing, but like it's, you know, the Canadians have been doing it for a very, very long time. It's much newer as an American to be at that level and doing that. And I, I still, I, um, I have an eidetic memory, so I remember the exact feeling of what it was like walking up the first time I ever played in the big arena. Mm. Um, and then it was years later before I did it again, just because I kind of moved around and stuff. Um, and then the first time I played in the finals was super awesome. Um, but, like, it's funny because two, uh, two, three years ago now, I guess, 2018, when City of Chicago Pipe Band 
went across in a much lower division. We were there in three, you know, like right in smack in the middle. Yeah. Um, making the finals in three just felt like yeah. exhilarating. Yeah. And a lot of that, I think, was just hard work paying off with people I really wanted to be playing with at that moment. Mm-hmm. So that was like a super special thing. Cool. I don't, it's not really a performance. That's just kind of a feeling. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. I guess that's that's it for the episode um, today. Uh, we want to thank you so much again yeah, for coming. Thanks a lot. Um, how can people reach you? You know, what is what is something that you know? Emails, phones, whatever. Facebook, whatever. Shoot, go for it. Just yeah. spill it out. Yeah, sure. So uh, my website is ar2drumming.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, as discussed earlier in the episode, you can rewind. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, at pipe band drumming on Instagram. Uh, and basically AR2 drumming on anything and everything else. Uh, my, uh, you can reach me directly, Andrew, at AR2drumming.com. Um, and all my contact info is, is on any of those. And, and please, anybody listening, if you want to know more about this or if you want to get involved or whatever it is, if, if this just tickled something and you, yes. you've ended up with questions, by all means, reach out. I try to be as accessible as anyone else ever was for me. Mike and I took the plunge <laughs> Yeah, almost a year ago. I think maybe exactly a year ago now. I, I think in... Around that, yeah. yeah. Um, and we've been having a blast ever since. Yeah, um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, if they want to watch uh, you play, Spencer. yeah. Oh, if they want to, is that video still up? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, City of Chicago Pipe Band. Is it just that for yeah. the YouTube channel? Yeah. yeah, I'll link that too in the YouTube. I don't think I can on on the streaming, but um, yeah. You want to see any of the City of Chicago Pipe Band performances? I'm in a few of them. One of them, I think, but. Yeah, there's some other cool stuff in there with 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 Andrew and and the rest of the band. Pretty good. But yeah, if you want to wear kilts and uh, wear, yes, play some cool music, yeah, contact that guy. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this has been the Drum Break Podcast. I hope you all have an awesome rest of your week. Peace, Peace out. out.